We're live. Awesome. On the YouTubes. On the YouTubes. Welcome. Welcome to the world. The Voyage of the Geek. Rantings of one Dan Miller, Dave Scotland, and uh, mark the time, uh, 7.14pm Australian Eastern Standard, this Tuesday the 19th of July 2016. And be warned, your truth mileage may, may vary. <laughs> <laughs> Spurious facts ahead. <laughs> so we might as well show people our windswept and interesting... Facades. Visage. Here we go. Right. So this is the Voyage of the Geek. The cockpit, shall we say. Yes, exactly. So we voyage through all things geek. So um, you're, you've you've jumped a gun, but I say we go with it. I'm okay. really keen to see and to have you explain the plan ahead for uh, for our, our uh, show mapping extravaganza extravaganza utility so you want to want to get a bit meta absolutely let me let me give us some uh, let me give me some real estate all right so talk to me we've got mindomo set up mm -hmm. so mindomo mind mapping software so i've got a whole list of um a bunch of uh crazy thought patterns sort of displayed here schematically about the Ghostbusters, about Ghostbusters 2016. So, um, yeah, we can manoeuvre around and have a look at all of these different topics. We can have a bit of a discussion. Uh, we can open up these things and there's little things inside and then we can go off and view those type of things and see what um, where that conversation leads us and then this can be um, made available to people later on. So this is, this is the system that you're going to use and manage for all of the information that we discuss and come across um, throughout the show, stuff for show notes and links, and and this is an organic document that's going to grow over time, yeah? Yeah, that's the idea. That's the idea. I rate it. I, th I think it's such a cool idea. And we can slowly build it, yeah. and like a you know a crazy mind map, it'll it'll go in all sorts of different directions, and may have bud off and branch in different things, and we can zoom in on areas, and and uh, and yeah, so that'll kind of guide our discussion, and yeah, you can go back and review it. Yeah, and hopefully, on. hopefully down the track, people can input um, feedback about sections that can be added and oh, yeah, yeah, directions sure. to you know and really make it a uh, an organic cloud of information that people can can tap into because it's got links and everything in there so yeah people can uh contribute to it yeah yeah so it's awesome i think it's a really cool way to navigate a show mm. as well mm. i'd love down the track when we have more time to spend on it mm -hmm. um to even put time codes in about certain things, you know, when you when you click on a point in the cloud in the uh, in the Mindomo space, it's a link that'll take you to that point in the show. When it's got, we're, a, it's when got we're a mapping thing in there that you can create a kind of a moving presentation that takes you from point A to point B. Yeah, sick. And moves you around. So yeah, those things could all be linked up. It should be good fun. Awesome. So we we might as well tell uh, anyone that happens to be listening or come across the show. Um, <laughs> The sort of thing, uh, the sort of format that we're just going to follow, and how loose that is, and and how deliberately loose it's going to be as well. Mm. But there is a there is a system there, mm. um, and it help, it might help, I think, for people to understand what we're trying to, where we're coming from, mm -hmm. you know, and what we're interested in, and those sorts of things. So, what? How would you sum it up? 
Um, Voyage of the Geek, I think, is our best summary of uh, mm. of what it is. So, <clears throat> just a bit of an investigation into, I don't know, things that we like and enjoy, things that we think that are interesting, inspiring, curious. Um, could be tech-related stuff. Could be uh, pop culture, movies, games-related stuff. Could be the background to how those things are created and made yeah. and the people that create and make those things. Yep. Um, and it's and it's probably important to to qualify our perspective a little mm. bit too. We're from the industry. We, we, we work in the games and film mm. industry in, in, in post-production and, and production. Mm. Um, we're 3D guys. We're, we're artists mm. by trade. And we work now in the education area mm. of digital art. Mm. Um, and so I guess... That's going to help people understand where we come from when we talk about what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, yeah. We're probably not your average audience member. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we see things a little different. And we hope that people are going to find that interesting and compelling, and that's why we're sort of doing it. But above all, the main reason we're getting together once a week is to waffle at each other and to have interaction with humans because <laughs> digital artists, we lock, we lock ourselves in, in dark places. Yeah. And go down rabbit holes of intrigue <laughs> into the into the creation of of cool shit. Yes, that's um, right. And we forget to talk to other humans. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. And, and it's important. That, so this is a way for us to force ourselves to do it. Exactly. And have um, some scotch. And have some scotch. So we've got some scotch here. That might be a uh, stable on the show. Absolutely. So it's my turn. And, and by the way, mm-hmm. that's unless you're unless you're still going. Tell, tell me if I want to know how flushed out this is. Is that is that the surface of? Um, did you lay that out as a as an example to that d- level, or did you go deeper? No, there's there's deeper, but it's not a thousand a thousand steps deeper. So there's it's a good one one or two steps deeper underneath all of this. That's awesome. And so, the fact yeah. that you've chosen Ghostbusters 2016, yeah, that's going to come back later because I've got something very special to show you. All right, okay. Um, we've we've had some discussions in the past mm-hmm. of of the failings of not necessarily the 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 movie, mm. but the trailer. Exactly. Yeah. Now I was actually. Because we haven't talked about the topics we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually a little bit curious as to whether we've both picked the same topic or or how interconnected the topics are going to be. I've got a very <laughs> unique perspective on on the subject matter, but also on our conversations prior as well. Okay. So so you're going to find it very special. Okay. But I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it to last. Okay. And yep. and uh, but I think it's great that um, that you've done that. And we're going to bookend the show by coming back to uh, oh, okay, Ghostbusters cool. 2016. I haven't been keeping an eye on it. Okay, you- so this is going to be my first question. Cool. Have you been keeping an eye on it? No, I haven't. What's it doing in the box office? Um, Do we know? $46 million. So the answer to that question is not t- too bad. Whether that's the rubbernecking the car crash <laughs> that everybody's <laughs> like, what in the world is that? I, I don't know. They must have spent a heap. How much did they spend, do you reckon? Oh, it's, it's, it's over... 140, something like 140 million. Let me see on our old IMDB. I was checking out um, some various sites on it, and I think back in the day the regular Ghostbusters was 80 million. And adjusted. It'd be, it'd be really well, cool to see the adjusted I don't figure. know if that was adjusted or not. There was yeah. just a figure 80 million. I'd love million. to see it, where it sits in, in the list. Yeah. Because so, every man his dog saw the Ghostbusters, oh, the original yeah. Ghostbusters, it yeah. must have done well. Yeah, well, I don't know, don't know figures on on how well that did. Was it a 
Was it a cult? Um, was the original Ghostbusters successful at the box office? No, I don't know either. It's comedy. Chances are it might have made $30 million mm. at the box office mm. and then cleaned up in the domestic market, yeah, in the, the uh, home market. The long tail. Um, well, yeah, all I know is at the moment Ghostbusters 2016 is apparently 40 plus million on its first week, which doesn't seem too bad. It's not good, not in this day and age. Well, like I said, they spent maybe 150, 60, 70, 80 million on it, but it's not opened worldwide. Yeah. Um, it's in a unique space, I guess, because they don't often spend that type of money on a comedy. Mm. It's a comedy from start to finish, isn't it? Like, it's a comedy. It's it's not a something else well, that's, that's funny. Well, that's something that we can or debate. Is it, or is it sci-fi that's funny? <laughs> well, no, no, that's what we can debate, right? Whether yeah. it is a comedy or yeah. whether it's sci-fi is funny. Maybe go back to the original. How would you describe the original? Sci-fi that's funny. I, I think yeah. it's sci-fi yeah. full of funny guys. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? This is actually a really important topic for what I've got here. Yeah. Um, because it touches on a lot of things. Look, as you can see here, there's this gigantic web of stuff, and I've only just, you know, just yeah, yeah. scratched the surface on the possible <laughs> discussions you could have just yeah. about Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. One of them, one of the discussions is, you know, what the hell are we talking about here yeah. in terms of what's the genre of yeah. Ghostbusters? Yeah. And what's I would, the genre of the second I one, I would right? put it in comedy. I'm going to stick with comedy with sci-fi tendencies. Because... <clears throat> You know, people are going to compare the first one and, and the 2016 and they're going to ask, is it the same genre? As the original. Yeah, yeah. And there are people that are going to argue that, yes, it is, and the people that are going to argue that perhaps, no, it isn't. But that all hinges on what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> like the, what's the control? Yeah, Where's the right. control? Because in theory, you can't compare them to one another. A bit like apples and oranges. You You, you have to have a third control mm. you know mm. yeah, i no, know no, exactly no, no. no i think or at it, least uh, parameters that, that you're working to i think the rule is that it's the original that's the control yeah now they use this in like archaeology right yeah you dig up something out of the ground right yeah and it's a bunch of bones yeah and you call it a dave scotlandosaurus rex it, yeah, yeah yeah right it, and then that becomes the primary i don't know what they call it that becomes the primary example of Dave Scotlandosaurus rexes. So if somebody digs up something else and mm. they think, hang on, this looks a bit like a Dave Scotlandosaurus rex. Yeah. And then they can compare it to the original. It has to be either the same as the original or it's not. Yeah. Right. And that one's the control. Right. Yeah. So I think we And should someone call, has to make that call. Should we make that call right now? That the original Ghostbusters is indeed the control. I think it has to be. Right. Not Ghostbusters 2. No, 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 the original one. Because they're chalk and cheese, the f those two. Yeah, yeah. The first and the second. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Those two. Are they? Yeah, chalk and cheese, the second one, terrible. We're talking. Well, no, 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 we're not talking about quality or box office. Not I'm the new talking, one. I'm talking, no, 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 this is the second one, right? With right, the guy right. in the painting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about theme. Yeah. What is it that makes Ghostbusters Ghostbusters? Yeah. Right? I know. Because this is important. Yeah. Because this also ties into things like... We haven't really got into the nitty-gritty of what Ghostbusters is, but yeah. it ties into things like The Phantom Menace, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, if you go and watch... It's, I love I love the link. Go for it. Now, now you've, got to, you've got to tie that link together. All right. I, the, 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 the way that I'm going to tie this together is that um, George Lucas, when he's making The Phantom Menace, 
if you watch the director's cut or if you watch watch the Red Letter Media review of it, mm. he's always going through and he's always talking about how the two, the, that one and the original one rhyme. He uses the word rhyme. Yes, like yes. stanzas. Rhyming stanzas. Right? Is yes. that how it's used? That's a Lucasism. A Lucasism. A Lucasaid. Is it? Is a rhyming stanza. Okay, so it's a rhyming stanza. So he's, he's always saying, look, this is how, how the things rhyme. This is how they rhyme. Okay, that's cool. Um, but just because something is the same as something else doesn't mean it's in the same genre. Yeah. Okay, so just because it's got lightsabers in this movie and there's lightsabers in that movie, yeah. they're the same. They're both lightsabers yeah. and there's both people with cloaks. But are they? does that make mm. – Does and how much of that is required to make it the same genre? Yeah. All right? I know where you're coming from. And what I'm actually – yeah, and the, the further step that I'm actually leading to is that there might be something deeper, mm. right, that the genre is more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so you can't just put a movie and chuck a few lightsabers in there and a Tatooine or two yeah. and suddenly you've got Star Wars. Yeah. You know, there's something – else it's you, the, the way that you put it together might That's, be is it the is, deal is that not exactly have you not just described a um a dish created by a chef yeah that's right yeah it's, that's right it's the balance of ingredients yeah you put one of those things out of whack and the thing is too just like a, a dish there are certain ingredients that have very small tolerance yes. and then there's other ingredients that have massive tolerance right now, if you go dabbling in in areas and throwing ideas around like they're bricks mm. when they're supposed to be little nuances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I see a lot in film. I, I, I see, especially young filmmakers that don't quite get it yet. They mm. will. Mm. But pe- when people look at the, it's like 3D, you know, like when you're trying to create something, some of the settings need settings between one and zero. Mm-hmm. Other settings, you can ramp it up to 25,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that range is minimal sort of change. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the difference between 0.5 and 0.75 is big. In, a, in a noise map or something <clears throat> like that is crazy. It's mm. a, yeah. And I think in film, it's the same. Hmm. And it's the, the, the real filmmakers, and these are rare people because somehow they work it out on their own mm. most of the time, is knowing which dials to go... And which mm. ones to go? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, put up to 11 versus... Yeah, Because yeah. some will allow you, without breaking the rules, yeah. and create something never seen before, mm. and others will, nah, you can't. If you go hammering that thing with that much force, you'll break it. It's supposed to be a nuance. It's supposed to be shallow. So <clears throat> there's a bunch of balance that you can have to keep your sequel in tune with your you know, original. How? Well, there's a bunch, bunch of balance. That's what we've been talking about. That, up I mean, to 11 or whether you're allowed to pump up. That's the trick. Yeah, yeah. That's the it? trick. You have to do that. Yeah. Okay. And we live in a life where the same human that learnt how to tweak the box mm. for three movies fucked it up for for his next three movies. Like, how could you get it so wrong? How have you tweaked those things? And trust me, next time you're watching any of those uh, prequel movies of the Star Wars universe you'll see instantly what I'm talking about. You've you've tweaked that too hard and that there should be a nuance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's the chef ingredients thing. You didn't understand the balance. Well, that's another discussion that we could have about whether Star Wars, actually the prequels, are not whether they're good movies, not whether you like them, but whether they yeah. are 
correctly placed within the genre of Star Wars. And what is the genre of Star Wars? I have this discussion with students all the time. Is it sci-fi or fantasy? Um, because <laughs> there's a, there's a well, raging a- community on, on on the internet with with two camps. For me, it's fantasy. There's magic in Star Wars. Yes, there's definitely magic's fantasy. As soon as you have, as soon well, as look, you have look, magic, look, it's look, fantasy. Unfortunately, to answer your question, I need to know the definition of sci-fi and the definition of fantasy. <laughs> well, fantasy to me, yeah, is magic, and I don't. As long as that's the thing, as long as some kind of magic exists, because you can have trolls because Star in Wars, sci-fi. Because in sci-fi, if they're if they're evolu- if they're a product of evolution, yeah. So it's just the the mechanics are different. Like you can go back in time in sci-fi, but you can go back time in time machine. in so in, in time machine is that fantasy or sci-fi? Well, that'll it's a common thing to both. Well, you got to call it. You like, still have it, a magic wizard who will go back in time to. You, you just but there's no a, magic in time machine. There's there's science. They he used science to go back there, and he didn't break <clears throat> physics. I guess. Okay, well, where I'm leading to is that I don't know that that's the good definition. That's a good definition of what okay, yeah. sci-fi is versus well, what fantasy is. Okay, well, because, Star Trek is sci-fi. Okay, but remember that... Because it's based so, on our science. Okay, so, but wait, wait, wait for the... My point is yeah. that you can go back in time in a sci-fi, but you can go back in time in a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Right, so yeah. the same thing can be can non-linear. Happen. It's just that the mechanism by which it happens... That's right. ...is different. One's based on science... One is, boogie, you know, it's magic. You know, it's like call the spirits and with the bones and the green light. But there's a very subtle difference between that because if no, you I know. Go, if you know, magic, the point about magic Absolutely. Is, that, is that there's no explanation for magic. Yeah. Right. That's the point, right? Magic, so, is, magic is a name we give something we don't understand. Exactly. But in a sci fi film, mm. they just throw at you pseudo scientific gobbledygook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. The neutrino paranormal inversion index caused me to go back in time. Yep. And there's no explanation. Yeah. So it's functionally equivalent to magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I told you I sat next to Harv Bennett. No. I didn't tell you. No. You know Harv Bennett, the one of the early writers in the sci-fi uh, in Star Trek. Oh, next no. generation and stuff. Where was this? He sat next to him on a plane. Oh, cool. And one of the things he he said about because it very quickly he realised that I was interested in in the in the production side of things. And mm. he said, the trick that people break all the time, but the trick to sci-fi, mm. you only get a chance to ch- to break one rule or introduce one thing. Mm-hmm. In Star Trek, it's antimatter. Okay. When you have antimatter, you have a power source that's strong enough to project you through the universe at faster than light speed, yeah. but also have enough power to generate to uh, to call upon when reproducing a data stream of a person from point A to point B. So all of the science, all of the science that makes Star Trek um, work is one thing. Yes, but that's the anti. anti- yes, but that's the anti- that's the ma- magic. That's yeah, the yeah, magic. That's the force. That's right. right that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anti matter force. But sci- it, what makes it science fiction is that it's a. What makes it good science fiction is a. It's one thing. As soon as you start to heap more things on it that don't exist in our science, yeah. there's a problem. And you start to get convoluted and you start to get in, you know, it starts to become wizardry. It starts to become fantasy. Okay. And and I instantly knew what he was talking about mm-hmm. because I've seen the shit mm-hmm. that some people create when they don't understand. No, you, you have to choose your battle 
with the science you bend to be to become good science fiction. Do you know what I mean? If you go, if you start making up laws, okay, here, yeah, yeah, okay, there, no, I see what you're saying. And here's a new element. All right, and here's, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Okay, you can't you can't lay on the bullshit too thick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously I think thick. in Star Trek, it's it's some sort of crystal. But people expect the bullshit in a fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what you're saying, right? Well, the bullshit is is expected. Um, but also you've tolerated no, to a much higher degree. Or you've got no no way to measure the bullshit in a fantasy. Yeah, it can be the the ring of yeah, yeah. whatever and the magic gem of this and that, and you've got no way to tell whether that's better or worse. But yeah. if they're talking about neutrino plasmonoids, <laughs> you know that that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> and when when the guy comes in in the third act and he says that magic only works when you have a purple jumper on, <laughs> yeah, 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 then and you it's think. Like, oh, Oh, fair enough. Like, I can't. I can't trust <laughs> any of this shit now. But you can also believe it a little bit because you're like, oh, purple jumper, magic. Okay, cool. Well, Whatever. I'm in. But if I'm in the third act, I've already invested. Yeah. And so I'll tolerate more mm. in the third act. And look, look to the Lord of the Rings, and you'll see that mm. that it's actually very earthy and not much going on. And but you're on board mm. because the characters are pretty cool, pretty interesting. And then it gets ridiculous. Like they have to he, because he's a linguist. And loves the the language mm-hmm. aspect of it. He has to call everything weird shit, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes it so. It's challenging, and I know why people have such a uh, a visceral connection to reading the book. Yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. can always tell a reader from a non-reader. Yeah, because there's this connection. This, and I know why. It's because you you waded through that shit like like weak old gravy, man. You came out the other end, <laughs> and you you sort of you you survived the language, yeah, and still understood the narrative. Mm-hmm. And you deserve that credit, my friend. Well, you hear stories about Tolkien, you know, I don't know, bragging to his friends or or whatever, coming up doing this one-upmanship with the with the language and stuff. All right, so. Yes. I've got another angle for you. Yeah, yeah. Are we on Ghostbusters? No, nah, we're... Well, listen, no, just no, before no. we leave this, let me quickly show you the numbers down here. It was... Where is it? Down here. A $144 million estimated budget. There you go. I was... Opening weekend is $46 million. Well, I thought we were in the sec- uh, past the second weekend, at which point $46 million would have been pretty disappointing. Because even a even a mid range sort of successful film will have enough word of mouth to actually usually get slightly more numbers in the second weekend. Mm. So I would expect probably. Well, we'll see whether it holds its own. That's the that's the trick. Whether anything else coming out at, at that, the moment? I don't know. Yeah, cool. Look, before we before yeah, yeah. we leave yeah, yeah. that topic, mm. is I'm going to give you another definition of sci-fi. Yep. Which is a vision of the future. Usually. It doesn't mean it's set in the future. Mm. It, it's a vision of what the future could be like. Absolutely. An exploration of Absolutely. the future. In, like sci-fi. In, and that's in the way that a fantasy is not really like mm. that. That's why sci-fis have things that we can imagine but haven't invented but expect that we could invent. Yeah. That's why the bullshit level has to be yeah. has to be within tolerances. You know? and, and, and what a paradigm <clears throat> when the future, according to Back to the Future... Mm-hmm. Is now our past. Ah, freaky. Yeah. So therefore, science, sci-fi can't is not always a view of the future. It's the view of a future. True. Because our future's proven that there's no hoverboard, and I've been waiting for that shit forever. <laughs> forever. Mind you, we're close, man. 
Have you seen those, the hoverboards they have come up with? Yeah. They rely on the metal conduction. Pl- yeah, and, you know, yeah. Um, that's close. You know those things blow up, don't you? Oh, do they? Yeah. Are they battery? Yeah. yeah okay, there you go. <laughs> Batteries are, are like... Um, Tins of petrol. Well, they're... they're, they're <laughs> Super compressed energy they're into super really compressed yeah that's right that's, that's right. right that's why they're in metal things yeah. and if you stab them they will blow your hand off <laughs> maybe your arm and then maybe your upper torso they will make fire yeah 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 it's yeah. um it's super super dangerous um the battery world we're about to go into I'm hoping they're they're working out how to because they're about to stick a big dirty big battery in everybody's home over the next 10 years. Yeah, right. Because battery tech is like renewable energy and battery. Why don't they have batteries in your house already? They're, well, they're distributed now. Like the um, – um, i got a feeling it's Musk. Oh, it might okay, be his okay. company or it might be just a totally unrelated company. But essentially their batteries – the battery tech has come so far mm-hmm. that it is now viable to have one of these big battery packs in your house and you're renewable off, it, off the sun and mm. wind and whatever you want. <clears throat> these battery packs are so good. It's always been about how hard it is to store mm. the energy because mm-hmm. you're selling it for a really cheap price relative to what you're buying it for. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not stacked in your favour, mm. right? Um, but if you can store it, that means you don't have to buy anything. You're completely self-sufficient, and that means that I can have every device on in the house, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to suffer from that because these batteries are pretty impressive. You might be able to capture some of your own wasted electricity in heat and then store it in a battery. Yeah, you know, hook your um your bats in the roof up to the battery, so you know they're, they're collecting the heat and putting it back in the ba- in the battery or something or other. I reckon we, we we've made it. Energy-wise, when someone has worked out how to put um, photovoltaic, if we're uh, voltaic, photovoltaic, mm. if we're still using that as our solar process, I'm mm. not sure. Mm. We might have changed our materials since the last time <laughs> I had a look. But as soon as someone works out how to put it in paint, yeah, right, and then all you do is bring that surface back to some collection point, yeah, then you just paint every roof. Don't you? You paint every tile, roof tile. Well, you've seen this the thing on the solar freaking roadways that came out recently, and everybody was going absolutely bananas about solar freaking roadways. What's what's run by the the solar for the roadway? So it, it this was this is one of these um, GoFundMe campaign type things that took off like a meme, right? And it just sort of rocketed into the stratosphere and everybody was like, yeah, this is fucking genius, right? <clears throat> Solar freaking roadways. So the idea, the pitch is, what if we made every single road into a solar panel? And then we'd collect a shit ton of electricity, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so everybody went like, hell yeah. 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 And everybody went, this is fucking genius. Yeah. Um, the only problem is that, you know, when people who actually know about electricity and solar panels, yeah. they're like, yeah. this is fucking ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> and, and people get so excited. Yeah, yeah, they get so excited. <laughs> sort of tier one level yeah. thinking, you know, yeah. it's like, yes, yeah. you know, if we coated the moon with solar panels, <laughs> that would be even better. 
that sentence has been said, my friend. Trust me. Trust me. And it's probably been said said by some wannabe politician that got shut down and run out of the out of the caucus for for, for suggesting such stupidity. Um, yeah, it's a little harder than that. We're we're a ways off that. But I'd like to. I'd love to. Um, loved. I'd love to see a snapshot of where we'd be in a couple of years because sci-fi's let me down. Dismally, all the way from the Jetsons <laughs> to this, uh, to our current state. Now, you see, this is what sci-fi is about, right? This is what I reckon it's about. Yeah, It's preparing you. It's preparing side. Look, this is what stories are about. We'll probably get into this more and more as we talk generally. But this is what stories are about generally, is they're, they're about you, Dave. Yeah. Oh, shit. They're about you. Mm. They're about us. They're about society. They're about humanity. That's what they're about, yeah. and that's it's how they work and how you work in it. Mm. And that's why, you know, that's why I say that sci-fi is giving us a vision of the future. Because what if there are solar freaking roadways yeah. and hoverboards and shit? Yeah. How are we gonna? What are we gonna do? Yeah. You know, and then somebody dreams up. Well, you know what you could do? You could go down the shops and buy your milk mm. on a solar panel hoverboard. Yeah. And then people tell stories to each other and they explain it and they flesh out different options and they yeah. decide whether it's good or bad or right or wrong. And then if they do happen to invent solar freaking hoverboard roadways, we're a little bit prepared with some ideas about what we're going to do and how we're going to govern that stuff yeah. when yeah. we eventually arrive there. Absolutely. Well, sci-fi has led to sci more often than not. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Like I your agree. your mobile phone looks yeah. remarkably like a tricorder or some sort of community. I'm, I'm sure device. there are actual examples where somebody's dreamed up something and then that's probably inspired somebody yeah. to actually go and do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I've yeah. seen plenty of shows on on to, dedicated to that subject mm. of, of art that has uh, driven mm. um, invention and ideas. Um, and Star Trek's a big source of that stuff but i think the thing about now I, i'm not i'm not up to you know your truth mileage may vary on this one but i don't know what those tricorder thingamies used to do in star trek but i suspect they don't do as much as my mobile phone does well the only thing that a tricorder does that your mobile phone doesn't is scan your your area and give you a readout of everything in it well, somebody's just got to invent that app. Absolutely. That, that won't take long. You know that. <laughs> you know. You're going to be able to just wave your phone around a scenario and, and the app is going to recognise all those things. Mm. Tell you who manufactured them, what, this what is year Pokemon they were made. Go 2. That's Tricorder, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, Pokemon Go 2 is when, yeah, yeah. when they put the Tricorder in there. Well, what is the process of going looking for um, information on the internet? That's really easy easy to replicate as an AI process mm -hmm. if you give it parameters. Well, mm -hmm. the parameters are visual. There, You scan your surroundings and those parameters visually, just like you can search via the contents of an image, mm -hmm. right? That means you're searching for all the data related to and you're running algorithms to assess is that that... Or is that that piece of furniture from the 1950s order that looks almost like it? Okay, mm. where are the differences? And okay, it's that. Then it gives you all the information. Mm. We've got both those technologies right now. Mm. Just take somebody to tie those together. And so those those type of things will happen. Those are just a natural progression for 
how things go. That's your tricorder, right? So yes, your phone is a tricorder. <laughs> Just we're waiting for the guy to to uh, create the audio to get the try happening. Uh, to create the app. Um, I want to play you something. Okay. Just a bit of audio to start with. Should have put some audio. Oh, I like it already. <laughs> what you just heard yes. is the opening music when you placed your... 20 cent or dollar or wherever you were in the world. For me, it was 20 cents. Um, into a arcade computer game called Gyrus. I think I remember that quite well. 20 cents and all. Oh, and, and it Down was the, the shops. It was the, it was the <laughs> only computer game of its time and since, except for one or two examples, where you didn't just travel along the bottom. Mm -hmm. You went around yeah, that's right. Like the whole time I'm flying towards something in a tunnel mm -hmm. and the enemies are coming out of that tunnel at me. It's like Space Invaders but curved. But in Z depth. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah? right. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is what it looked like. It's really cool that I found this video because this knows it goes for 17 minutes. Now, of course, we're not going to um, look at 17 minutes of it. But... Um, We've got a bit of full How's screen that font here as well. Everything used that font. It's it's. I mean, must, must come on the processor or something. The sound too. It, it would be the most primitive computer sounds because we're talking here 1980. Is this the original sounds? Not 1986. Yeah, this is a recording of the game, but it could be from a retro resupply. Okay. Like a, like a, is it MAME? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it could be yeah. a MAME. But even MAME... But I would I say it's, is, the, it's the yeah, same instruments. Yeah, no, MAME's still yeah. running the actual game. It's just running it on a faster processor and whatever. And so you'd clear the level, and then you'd go through to the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so this is a normal level, but watch what happens when you get, when you clear out that level. This is, um, this is the special stage. You'd go through to the planet, right? And then you'd get a special stage. And you had it was one of those button mash things, you know? Because <laughs> you had to get all of them. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you only had a second chance. And if you didn't get them all, because you get the bonus. What did you... What, 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 do you get bonuses Is it just points? Is that what you get? Yeah, you get an extra thousand points if you get them all before they disappear. Mm. It was insane, mate. And it was in our universe. So you start right out at Pluto and oh, then you yeah, come yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and it's all about trying to get to Earth, I think. Yeah. Right? I loved that piece of music. Mm -hmm. um, and I really love the fact that somebody has actually um, gone to the trouble of breaking it up in YouTube into oh, the wow. subsections of the track. So you had this opening section. Now, the, one of the reasons why I wanted this is as our opening music, because I love it. It's Bach, it's um, Fueg or Fug, uh, oh, Fuse, Toccata and Fug in D minor. Yeah. You know what Fug is supposed to mean? 
You can play forwards and backwards. Oh, does it? That's cool. So, and you can go right through this thing and see what each one of these subsections of the uh, of the soundtrack are. Yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty cool, isn't it? And even this, this is, these are drums only. And that, that would be in the primitive um, synth built into the hardware, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool? Oh, yeah, I love this stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of the... Um the synths and stuff that I collect for live are analog, um, analog synths, and a lot of the uh, VSTs that I collect to go with it are from a, a group of people called um, Pure Magnetics. Yeah, Pure Magnetic, and and they sample really old synths. So yeah, yeah just love this stuff. You'll love this, right? Okay. This is so far up your alley, right? <laughs> yeah, because you. To qualify once again where we're coming from, you and I are both interested in electronic music. We we produce it, we play with it, we mm-hmm. we love it, we're fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you love the the systems that exist within it, mm-hmm. and um, you'll love this. Watch this. So this is the rat hole I went down the other day trying to find this theme. Yeah, so these are like visualisation... This is um, another way of looking at music. Mm. A very unique and entertaining way of essentially looking at the structure of music. It's a beautiful piece, right? And um, I love all music, right? I think there's good in all music, most of it. Mm-hmm. Some of it's... There's one or two bits, genres here and there that I, d- I don't think I'll ever work out. Yeah, yeah. But most music has moments and, man, mm. as a period in time, the shit that these guys were turning out... Mm. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Especially when we start to get to... The visualization is so cool to yeah. explain what you're hearing because it's a yeah. little bit, it's very difficult actually to pick out what you're actually hearing because it all kind of melds together, which Absolutely. is one of the good points about music, of course, right? Absolutely. Because you hear it as a single thing. But trying to even train your ear to hear the little separate parts, yeah. be they instruments yeah. or voices or whatever. Um, and this does it so well that you can, um, and you can see how it's kind of constructed, which is really cool. Like you said, I like the uh, yeah the uh, the nuts and bolts of it, how, how it it's works beautiful, and it shows those chords as mm. opposed to that top end. Like, look at this; it's so beautiful. Yeah, like these are the chords here, right? Yeah, yeah. You can see changing chords, yeah. with each one, right? Well, these are chords. The the blocks are chords. The dots are. This. But I mean, they're in a chord. Oh, yes, no, yes, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What I love about this is how many people in their life look at a sheet of music and say, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. If they were presented it like this, just as an alternative, and say, forget about that. That shit's been around for four, five, six, seven thousand years, right? Listen 
watch this. This is a modern day version. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like you see this pattern, you can see patterns that absolutely. you can see what and, he's doing. It's very cool. And that's what music notational music on a on a page is. Mm. It's it's patterns, but you've got to show it some way. Yeah. And yeah. they worked out a way to show that using you know, all sorts of special iconography and things like that. And the best they had was pens and paper. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the YouTube version. Paper. Yeah, yeah, that's right. How cool is it? I know, it's totally cool. Now, this this will get you salivating. <laughs> Only to find, oh my Lord, this guy here, this Smarlin, sm, let's call him Smarlin. Um, yep. This is his website. And... Did he, he doesn't develop this he, thing or does he, he just... goes nuts. Check out um well check out this one. This is notice they're all different sort of patterns. Mm. Um I'll give you an example of one of these ones, which is the circle sort of track one. And if I open it up, you'll see that in the description he actually says what the graphics mean. Down here, oh, I think I think there's even a link a link to um, a table. I don't have really the time to, to jump into it now, but he offers a table of exactly what these things are, like th the. Oh, I might have. I have yes. This is a beautiful guitar piece, right? And so, the 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 strings and the colours. Are uh, the fingers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my question is: Is how is he capturing this? There's at least one way that I know that I could do it, and that's there's a plugin for After Effects, and it's in the Trap Code Suite, and it's called Sound Keys. And what it does is it takes audio as input, and it drives keyframe information from um, frequency. So I can actually drive keyframe information from high frequencies, low frequencies. Every chord, every note has its own frequency. And this thing you can actually dial in there. And then of course you could go back and polish it at the end. So you could drive, it could be automated for about 80%. Mm. But he he quotes, I didn't go too far down the rabbit hole, but I did see that he was quoting things like mach uh, music machine and things like that, the visuals of the music machine. And I don't know whether that's a, a trance state that he gets in on a Sunday or or that it's actually a piece of software. But I do know one way that I can I could do it. Okay. These the fact that the lines are joined up, there's a piece of software I can use to do that. Um I'd imagine I think it's Nexus or something like that. But yeah. 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 You'd imagine it's coming off a MIDI, but I don't know. It could be MIDI. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I didn't even think of MIDI. But then you're in danger of having the MIDI being the um, being the final music on top. Yeah, there might be a hybrid method where you get the the final piece of music. You turn it into a MIDI, provided it's kept in time, and yeah. then it uses the MIDI to drive the animation. Yeah, well, and this, then you plaster over top the real piece of music. But anyway, this this is his uh, YouTube video, and I definitely think people should check it out. You can, I love this picture that he's got here for his uh, profile where it's the young him and the old oh, him. Oh, right, cool. Um, but, yeah, there's some awesome stuff here. I won't open them up. This one here you've got to have a look at, Dan. These are chords, um, and these are the fingers of the chords, and so when you, when, he, when you stab a chord on the keyboard, it registers, um, but then when you change the chord, it's a different colour, mm. and so each chord has a different colour, and you can see how the fingers actually get, used across oh, yeah, yeah. the yeah. chords 
It's fantastic, man. I'm pretty sure this site's got um, Stradivinsky's Rite of Spring. Have you seen a similar graphic? I've, I've seen it. It yeah. might be this guy. Yeah. Um, this, one, this one here I found really compelling. It sort of starts... Um, this is the main one that he's got on his landing page. And it has these 3D faceted backgrounds, mm. but he also has these. And when they... Uh, so same piece of music... Just a different graphic. And I love the way the scale animates. Yeah, yeah. Until it dissipates. So that's the... That's kind the, of like the volume. Well, it's the it's the last... It's the tail. What do they call that in the... Um, in the synthesis mm. uh, diagram? What is it called? The sustain. Yeah, the sustain. Okay, yeah, 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 that's yeah. why... I think it's coming off a MIDI thing. It's cool, isn't it? And anyway. by the time you get down here... It's more and more uh, involved because that faceted background starts mm. to actually do some cool stuff, and then and so it's ever changing as it's as it's going through. There's mm. a little little nudge to each one of them. Mm. But anyway, what I would definitely um, recommend to people to anyone is to check out his work, um, Smarlin. I think my oh yes, Stephen. There it is. It took me a little bit to sort of find his name, only to find that it was sitting right there the whole time. Um, Stephen Malawos, Malowski. Stephen Malinowski. There you go. Or Stefan. One of the two. We should come back here one time in the future because, yeah, there's another cool piece of music that would be good to talk about, which is the Stradivinsky's Rite of Spring. So that was my... Uh, pretty that was my um, lead-in piece that I wanted to blow you away with, and I think sufficiently blew you away. <laughs> <laughs> I love, and in what we do all the time in, in the digital graphics, we learn a process over here and then all of a sudden you realise that that's the same sort of process yeah. that drives this process yeah. over here. And those borrowing from that to understand this, to get a greater mm. reward or payback, mm. whatever, um, that's that's sort of what we do regularly. So we take it for granted, but that's a really visual way of understanding the bits because so many people just hear the whole sum. Yeah, yeah. Um, presenting something really complex in a really simple way. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, that's very cool. And a picture. T what do you got? Any you got anything? Well, we've still got Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. We can, <laughs> I don't mind. You want to go back there. You, you have a – before you do, right. call this a segue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I found a very talented young artist, and it was completely by accident. Mm -hmm. And I've been preaching this stuff when I when I try to tell students that if you want to get a job, mm -hmm. yes, you got to know all this shit because they'll test you as soon as you walk in the door. But if you want to get recognised, that comes from a good idea, mm. not not from your artistic skill set. It's from your creative mind, and sometimes it'll come from somebody else or mm -hmm. a conversation in mm -hmm. passing or whatever. This is a really good example of how to get noticed mm -hmm. by a good idea. I see what you mean by a segue. Well done. This is a React video. <laughs> Just watch it. Watch it for its nuance as an animated piece. It's stunning and so simple. 
Look at look at his eyes. You can see him reading. It's a class for operation. The text. It's okay. She seems peaceful. My name is Erin Gilbert, doctor of particle physics. <laughs> That stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to wash off. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. You can probably graph his reactions. (laughs) There are people out there that need our help. I think somewhere in the world, there's a guy, or a couple, that the reference was taken directly from their reaction to this trailer. I was was thinking that he's probably got a mirror. Yeah, if this was my... uh, Animation task. I would have done that. About this science stuff, but I know New York, and I can borrow a car from my uncle. <laughs> uh, you didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh. Did you want to? Sorry. sorry, I'll let you. I'll let you next time. Okay. <laughs> Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity. Look, he's actually getting gradually angry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holtzman, come on. The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? (laughs) (laughs) There's a bigger picture at hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form. So smart. Perfect ending. It's, uh, that is exactly what I've been preaching about to students the whole time. Mm. That's not rocket science. Mm. That's really easy to do. It's one character. You don't even need those characters at the end there, Mm. right? It's one character. It's a very simple set. Not a lot going on. You could light the front of that character by driving the video from the trailer Mm. into the light. Mm Mm-hmm. As a light map, mm-hmm. it's crazy simple. But look at the hit. Look at the uh, look at the numbers. Four million people just got to have a good idea. Four million people have seen that, and trust me, this guy Darren Wallace, mm-hmm. and and please check out his stuff. Um, he's got some cool stuff. Uh, I don't have the. T- I don't want to go into any of it now. We may revisit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It could be. Uh, um, it could be something we come back on regularly. He's done a Star Wars parody where he's literally gone in and taken shots. I don't want to take too much of this. I'll, I'll mute it, actually. Um, where he does this sort of stuff. And he's oh, using okay. VFX. Um, and most of it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, most of it's pretty good. Um, so he's doing the Disney um, thing. Yeah. And it's to me, right... 
Yes, some of these things. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's take that for a second, and and just freeze it here. Yes, that could be better as a compositing exercise. Mm. Right? You could really go to town and have that blend right in there, and, mm. and it could look way better than that. But you get a whole lot of kudos, right? You make up for a whole lot of inexperience because your brain thinks that way. To me, as an employer, mm-hmm. man, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that all the time. You collect people like that, and you never let them go. And part of it is that the ideas. What's going to sell that as well? That people like love the idea. So yeah, people yeah. have a connection to it. He's done a um, a Avengers <clears throat> of Oz, which is a, an Avengers spin on the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely check out his stuff. He's a visual effects and stupid shit artist <laughs> and uh, enthusiast. That's perfect, uh, Darren Wallace. So definitely support uh, support Darren. But yeah, he's got some cool stuff there. I think he's going to go a long way. Well, he already, already has gone a long way. He's got millions of views. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. And I cannot find a better example of exactly what I've been talking about the whole time, which is, man, you, you can jump into a whole new stratosphere by having a good idea, mm. a simple, good, um, compelling idea executed well. Mm. It doesn't have to be uh, – because the alternative is, and this is what I normally see, is a mediocre idea mm. – executed brilliantly mm. that just stands out because we live in a world where south park exists yeah 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 you just got to find some yeah some sort of meme something something that's popular have a few beers you know come up with something stupid and then do it and then actually do it so how was that for a segue oh that was a perfect segue perfect segue um so the mind domo um so, am I right in thinking that the Ghostbusters 2016 Mindomo um, journey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. will be a single node on the Voyager, the Geek Mindomo? I think it might turn out something like that. Who knows? Yeah. We won't know, know until we get there. Yeah. But it's certainly something that, um, yeah, there's, but there, like, like I said, there's a lot you can talk about and... Uh, you can probably watch this over a bit of time, especially as um, as we progress over the weeks, and we just see whether it makes a lot of money or whether it doesn't make a lot of money. <laughs> the the uh, the mind domo mindset too. I've only used that sort of um, in the last year or so, mm. and and it's a really cool way to to map out a lot of interlinking information and reference. Mm. And I think I reckon it's going to work really well. Okay, so one of the things that I wanted to investigate was, is this a good movie or isn't it a good good movie? Mm-hmm. It's certainly a polarizing movie. It certainly right? is, yeah. You've got to either love it or you hate it. Well, actually, that's not entirely well, true. No, to me, what I see is love it, love Ghostbusters, disappointed, mm-hmm. or don't care. Yeah. I'm not hearing an argument for. All right, now that's, that's a really cool observation because after watching many a review Mm. i got the same opinion yeah okay so this is why i put here this node here is unpositive reviews (laughs) (laughs) non-positive unpositive absolutely not positive no 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 it's that's it's different from not positive Oh, right? Okay, it's uh, unpositive uh, reviews. I, I know, I know what you're talking about. I'll give you an not, example. Right, non, okay. not positive is devoid of positiveness. Yes, 
unpositive is distinctly negative. No, no, no. Oh, it's no, not it's negative. Even so even unpositive even, is not negative. No, no, no. It's even more subtle than that. Really? And it's close to what you were saying just, just a second ago. Yeah. I'll give you an example and I'll paraphrase. I saw one review and it was done by a woman. Now, I don't know if she was... She didn't seem to me like the sort of person who under... Not understood. I don't want to be condescending, all right? Yes. But not a, not the sort of person who was... Sometimes you've got to call a cigar a cigar, though. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the cigar is actually your mother's penis, <laughs> right? Cool. But, but she didn't seem like the person that understood nuances of yeah. narrative yeah. and character and, and all of those things, right? Mm. And... You and I kind of like those things and we enjoy nerding out on those yeah. type of things. So to her, I imagine it was a bit of a popcorn flick and she just went long, dance popcorn and watched a movie and then she came out and she did the shopping and she went home and she thought she'd make a YouTube video about her experience. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is an unpositive review. Yeah. So when she, she gets on camera, she says, um, so I went and saw Ghostbusters today and I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Uh, it was really funny, and I'm giving it a six out of ten. <laughs> All right, and that was like her opening line. Now the first point is really good, really thing, yeah. and I liked it, yeah. and I'm giving it a six out of ten, not an eight out of ten, but a yeah. six out of ten. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then and and I I burst out laughing when I watched her video. <laughs> I just burst out laughing because she then went on, and I'll paraphrase her again. Yeah. She then went to say. I really liked it. It was really enjoyable. And I thought it was really funny and I'm giving it a six out of ten. But I didn't laugh all the way through and I didn't kind of like some of the characters. <laughs> and the special effects were a bit weird. Yeah. And it went on too long. So the six is now four and we're going no, no, south. No, 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 no. You, you stolen my thunder, right, right. So she's, and the, and the. And, Did and she actually say, oh, oh, I think I'll give her a three. Yes, that's what I messed out laughing because she stopped in mid-thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she was like, yeah, and it wasn't, it was a bit too long. I didn't understand. I didn't like the characters. I'm changing my number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving it a four out of ten. God bless her. God bless her. <laughs> that's the system that should exist. Yes. Self-policing. That's right. I love it. I love the fact that she came in at six immediately after. I thought it was good. You know, it was a good film and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm going to give it a six. And mm -hmm. it was def definitive. Like it sounded like toggle on, toggle yeah, off. Yeah, that's right. Walk away. Done deal. And then, and it's, oh, and by the way, and then it just all unraveled from that point. Um, was it a video? Yeah, it was a video. Well, you've got to come with that sort of video next time because I've got to see that. I um, love... Look, to be honest, there's so many reviews. I tried to find it again. I couldn't. It was just... It's gold. Lost in the swathe. But I've got some other ones here um, and some other examples. There's another one here. This job, this guy. Um, if we watch his video, and we'll, we'll, we'll start maybe having a look at a couple of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problems. We're at, we're at the hour mark, but it doesn't matter. Maybe we should go on for just a little bit more. No, no, we, we'll go on for as long as we need to go on, okay. and then we'll work out what the show should be. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a not planned. That's an unplanned. It's organic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is another example of what I'm talking about with an unpositive review. Yeah. This guy. I still don't quite understand the difference between an unpositive review and a negative review. Okay, well, we'll slowly we'll paint, paint around the outsides, <laughs> and you'll be able to see what an unpositive review okay. looks like. Okay, okay. So this is um, John Campio. Now, we'll only play just a couple of, 
you know, just a few seconds of his thing, and I've hopefully got it timestamped right at the point where I want. Mm. So the bit that we're missing is right at the start yeah. when he says, oh, I, I enjoyed it. It was good fun, and there was lots of this, and I, and I thought it was a good movie. Now, you'll be able to see by the thumbs up and thumbs down <laughs> as to what people, people's opinion of his of opinion. His, of, of his opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm going to come in at the unpositive turning point in his video. Yeah. Okay. So we'll just see see how this goes. <laughs> but it's not all sunshine and roses for Ghostbusters. I want to talk about the one big major problem with this film that made me end up coming out of Ghostbusters going, you know what? I liked Ghostbusters. I liked it. I had a good time. I laughed. But I would have come out of this movie loving this movie if it wasn't for this big, huge, glaring train bus wreck of a problem <laughs> that kept happening every 15 minutes. Every, every 15, 15 minutes. Cameos. I'm not talking about just when a fit, like Bill Murray does a cameo. We've known that forever. I'm not just talking about when Bill Murray comes walking in. I'm talking about, I swear to God. Spoiler. 15 freaking damn minutes in this movie. Mr. Campia. It's like the filmmakers and Ivan Reitman had yeah, to go. Spoiler alert. Don't forget, uh, yeah, retroactive guys, spoiler alert for anybody who's watching this movie. Uh, which is this podcast. They had to throw at us. Some sort of cameo, whether it was a cameo okay, okay, was- okay. Now we don't need to see anymore because he goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the unpositive review is where yeah. somebody says, "I really liked it," and and, and this is a classic example. Okay, yeah. Is that he actually? And to be fair to the guy, he says he likes the character. He thought it was mm. funny, and he liked the story. Yeah. But the words that he uses to describe it is, I like the story, I like the characters, I had fun with it, it was a good movie. But then when he gets to this this part with the um, with the cameos, yeah, yeah. he says, every 15 <laughs> freaking minutes! <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So you think about the positive stuff. Yeah. I like the story. Yeah. He wasn't like, the story was yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah, amazing! Yeah. But the thing that he, you know, so anyway, this is the, this is the unpositive review, right? <laughs> he is, you know who he is? I like John. John's. Oh, cool. you've seen him before. Yeah, right? yeah. John's yeah. part of the um, um, Collada, Collider, Collada. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember showing you some of the podcasts that I really like, that mm-hmm. I really respect when we first started out. Mm. And we were looking at what direction we wanted to take it. Clearly, we didn't take it in their direction. Mm. They have the panel. And it's very professional. And they okay. sort of have this panel where they review uh, latest uh, events and happenings in the world of our our sort of world. Mm-hmm. With it, Not so much game, but very film-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, very pop mm-hmm. and, and culture, you know, deep into the culture and the lore and the mm-hmm. comics and everything. And he's the host. He, oh, I, okay. I've got a feeling... I don't know, there's something about him that reads as if he's probably more than the host. He might mm-hmm. be at the centre of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they're the guys that do um, some really cool commentaries. Okay. Movie commentaries. Okay. And and they film themselves watching uh, some screen over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So they've all got a microphone each, okay. and they're actually recording themselves while they're watching Star Wars or whatever, okay. and they there's I think there's a time code or some way for you to sync up the movie mm-hmm. so that you can watch the movie while you listen to their commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and their commentaries are really cool. The panel that 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 makes up that show, that uh, Collada, let me bring it up and quickly show you. Is, is there another, do you want me to just quickly show you? Yeah, 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 go for it. Um, because I, I reckon they should be supported. I reckon they do a really cool job at, at um, they don't report on a lot of the sensational 
relationships of the Hollywood famous and mm-hmm. shit. It's not E! Entertainment. Mm. These guys are about tentpole movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? It's mm. the blockbuster stuff. Mm. that, and, and there's just a bunch of really super geeky enthusiasts. There's probably lots of sub-genres in this um, review thing. There's some people that just report on the movie. Yeah. All right? And they just tell you it's a story and there's some people in it and, you know, and it starts at this time and then there's some stuff happens and then it ends. And they don't really give any opinion whatsoever. They just say that this is a movie. Yeah. And there's other people who give their opinion about it. Um, And there's probably loads of other sub-genres in there as well, actually, of um, ways in which people report back on these movies. Okay, go ahead. This is Collider. Um, And for me, it's almost like, I don't know, from from an outsider, um, largely as an audience member for these these guys, Mm. I recognise that they're sort of a a conglomerate of web shows. They might be on a cable network. Oh, I'm yeah, not too okay. sure. There's there's Collider. There's um, the Schmoes um, Schmoes Nose. Have you ever heard it? K N K N O W S Schmoes Nose. Right. Okay. No. These guys. They're all interlinked. And what what you're doing is you're looking at a stable of guys mm-hmm. and gals, super geeky enthusiasts, tentpole mm-hmm. pop. You know, they're really deep into the culture, the comic scene, and you know the the whole thing across the board and what they do is they all sort of have their own little shows and maybe they run them out of the one warehouse Depends sort of complex there's or a, not there's a there's probably a network behind them yeah so <clears> let me part of some group let me quickly uh i'll throw up their regular sort of panel show this was one of the ones that we were um gonna look at uh for its quality and its presentation usually has some sort of um uh, better than average looking uh, presenter type um, uh, female entity that introduces these guys, okay. and every and she introduces the I topics and does the 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 the, uh, the talk uh, the the mailbag and things like that. Um, he's the other guy. He's from the Schmoes Nose guys, and it looks like our mate John. He's not in this episode. But yeah, the guy that you showed before, mm-hmm. he's normally the host, not the... I might be able to see it here. So yeah, this is their theme music. Hey guys, welcome to Collider Movie Talk, movie talk for movie fans. I'm your host, It's the old Ashley work Moma, down the topics mm-hmm. on the side. But if, if we just Let's- freeze that and, sh- and have a look, the topics are Star Wars Episode Eight, Kong... Fantastic Beast, Star Trek Four, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner Two. Mm. You know Blade what I mean? Runner two. Oh yeah, don't you know? Oh shit! Yeah, Uncle Ridley's shooting it in Sydney. Or yeah, no, shooting it in Sydney. I didn't know Blade, Blade Runner Two. As far as I'm aware, <clears throat> you know he's doing the new Alien, Prometheus prequel, whatever the next thing in the world in the anthology that's being shot in Sydney. That's why Animal Logic is hiring all these humans. There's a whole lot coming out of uh, Sydney. I don't know how I feel about Blade Runner 2, Dave. <laughs> I know how I feel about Blade Runner 2, Dan. <laughs> Do we? I mean, to me, that's equivalent to Elvis 2.0, isn't it? I suppose the good thing is that it's Ridley Scott doing it. 
who surely lessens the chance of a major fuck up by some amount. Yeah. And as we were saying before, he probably knows what we. No, nah, well, no, nah, well, look. Well, some people no, no, think no, no, he no, fucked no, up no, the. Uh, no, no, yeah, Prometheus. I withdraw, <laughs> withdraw that comment because <laughs> a flash of George Lucas yeah. zapped across my mind, yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, shit. And and he didn't do a he didn't do a crazy good job on the Robin Hood retelling with That's Russell Crowe and no, I didn't see that. That was a Ridley Scott. Yeah, I saw the Prometheus, which was I thought was a bit of a bit of a mess. It didn't it didn't bring me into it. No. I never felt like I was in the story. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, the visuals are pretty cool. Mm. Oh, there was, there's some great visual stuff going on. See, I that's... love that laser scanning thing with the robots over time scanning the inside of the tombs and everything. That's unfortunately one of the things about visual effects is it. I think, although it's lots of hard work and it takes lots of skill and there's lots of practice, but in some way, somehow, by some magical science fiction techno babble, it manages to usually do a pretty damn good job. Yeah. Whereas the story and the characters, and I think we've had this discussion before, yeah. even though older, more established discipline somehow still is got a 50-50 chance of yeah. having a major screw-up. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to... I've, I've follow, I follow... I started following directors at a very young age while my mates were into Arnie movies mm -hmm. and Sly movies. Arnie and movies. Best movies. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd follow actors. Some yeah. people are Tom Hanks people. You know, and and some people are Tom Cruise people, although less all the time, <laughs> um, which is unfounded. I think if you if you just watch the movie, mm. he's brilliant. He's a brilliant actor. Mm. Coming out from behind that facade into the real world, and he's a prick. Mm. Like he's a madman. Yes, he's or he's very smart. He's got a new bunch of fans. It's just that they're all part of his cult. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. actual cult, I think. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, where was it? Where was I heading with it? Where the hell was I heading with that? I don't know. Yeah. No. I left to review the tapes to work out what the hell my thought process was there. We'll come back to it next week with a vengeance. I was brought back to Tom Cruise um, with Jack Reacher, with the Jack Reacher movie that he did recently, which is... Jack Reacher is a um, uh, a fictitious character in a very successful line of novels. Oh. Um, a sort of modern day X, maybe, I don't know, I'm probably getting wildly wrong, but some ex-government trained specialist. Mm -hmm. And now he just sort of cruises around, not quite P.I. Mm -hmm. He's not. He's definitely not Magnum P.I., but he's... Um, <laughs> Which coincidentally is exactly, you know, ex-military. He was a Navy oh, SEAL. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. It's amazing, the the <laughs> he, yeah. well, it's amazing what the 80s will do. It's amazing what the 80s will do to a perfectly good concept. Um, but, yeah, Tom Cruise in I'm this sure Jack the, Reacher. I'm sure there's somebody with a list somewhere that's got Magnum P.I., the movie. Do you reckon? Oh, it's got to be. Somewhere. I reckon it would be um, Ben Stiller. <laughs> you know he'd do it. You know he'd do it. He's done uh, Starskin Hutch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'd have the moustache, the moustaka. You know he'd do it. And everything. If he, if This will get back to him. It might be four years from now. We're now second person sees that channel. <laughs> um, but it'll get back to him. And we will, and we will see Magnum P.I. Yeah. 
it's funny. Not only what I'd like we, to see Magnum PI again. They used to watch that fairly religiously. Same I thought here. that was the coolest thing he'd, ever. Nowadays he'd be driving a Ducati, right? That's yeah, I was the thinking elite. that his Ferrari. It was a Ferrari, wasn't it's it? It's Ferrari, but Ferrari's become so. It would have been yesterday. Dated. Yeah, it would look a bit boxy and meh nowadays. Maybe a Tesla now. <laughs> yeah, it would probably Tesla. be a Tesla. <laughs> Tesla Tesla's um, worth more than the Do you price remember of the parts the Rockford because files? you can't get them. The, the Rockford Files? I love it. I used to love the Rockford Files. I love the way he just sort of lived in a car park. Uh, yeah. Um, and. The show always started with someone knocking on his caravan door. Yeah, yeah. It's like, let's just set a set a series around this bum. <laughs> yeah, this, pretty much. You know that that he can never afford anything. He's always bitching about money. No one ever pays him. Wasn't he's he, forever getting beaten up. Yeah, that's right. He was. Yeah, he was the world's worst private eye. That, yeah, that only yeah. in the last sort of section of the of the series of the episode would he actually solve the case. Not before getting beaten from pillar to post. His caravan has blown up so many times. <laughs> yeah. You're bringing back so many memories, man. Yeah. He used to drive around that <laughs> shitty brown two-door uh, yeah. T-top mm-hmm. Datsun 300 or whatever. It was a laugh, man. I loved it. I love that television. The guy that I think the guy that created that series mm-hmm. was Larson, Glenn A. Larson, who went on to create... All sorts of shit. There, there's See, TV this is moguls. one for our mind map, right? We have to put Absolutely. in the Rockford files and Absolutely. we have to go and trace where that came from and who well, did it and who made it and whether, what they did next. Yeah, yeah. And or before. That brings, that's where I started with mm. my point before. Mm. Directors. I followed directors at a young age. I realised that the person in charge, if you like what they do, if, if you like the product, follow yeah. the person in charge. <clears throat> Yep. Yeah, and you get more of the same. Yeah, because I realised that you get bad Arnie movies, you get good Arnie movies, you get bad Sylvester Stallone movies. You know, we're talking the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the common? How do I track what I should be excited about? Mm. It was the directors, and I started following Spielberg and Cameron. And what, what is what's the common denominator? Yeah, yeah, that's no, too right. Yeah, eighties man. Best time for movies. <laughs> Best movies. Which we, we can spend... I think we should probably spend a whole episode yeah. on um, on just having a look at where we've come from. What what I would like to do, and I'm going to bring it in, and if it's not in our next next uh, next outing, it'll be the very next one after that. Mm-hmm. I want to show you... There's some pivotal moments in the 80s where digital art could have gone horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. But instead went incredibly right, mm-hmm. and I'll just to give you a taste test the the movie The Last Starfighter. Oh, what an awesome movie! What an incredible <laughs> film! So I far, was, I think at the same time as watching that movie, I was putting twenty senses into the yeah, yeah. Galaxian and the yeah, yeah. Space Invaders so down here. the shops. So you could save the universe by simply playing the uh, arcade machine down the local shop. Yeah. So of course we were down playing the local because the aliens are going to come in any moment and take me away and, and I'll be the hero of the galaxy. But what a perfect movie to just yeah, yeah. like cash in on all of that. that well, not cash in, but like that sounds a bit uh, negative. But to like be what's well, cross tapping it's cross promotion. Yeah, yeah. But tapping into the sort of vibe, yeah. you know, the vibe that was of the time. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Mm. And and the it was sci-fi, mm. but it was. It was rooted in a caravan park in the middle of nowhere. Mm. 
It's like, who comes up with that fucking idea? You're gonna, <laughs> the guy's going to save the universe, but he starts the journey yeah. in a caravan park in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's not even the highest life form in the caravan park in the middle of nowhere. Mm. You know, he's just so Joe Ordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great film, but for me, it's the technical achievement yeah. that happened in it. Man, the 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 rendering achievements. Mm. Um, it was the first time we saw full CG shots of spaceships and stars and space and asteroids and and that whole sequence where it chases a bad guy through inside the asteroid and and the whole thing is lit only by the spaceship we have to do that was um, so wild man all digital we have to do an episode on that and look at the the vfx yeah you know and we have to put it up against tron as Mm. well the original tron because that's another absolutely pivotal moment Um, tron for me um the thing that I love the most about the story of Tron is, well, I don't love it, but I, f- I find fascinating and compelling, is at the time it was perceived by the industry as not a film. It wasn't a film. Mm-hmm. It was breaking all sorts of records, mm-hmm. but they refused to allow it to be nominated for any kind of award because they saw it as cheating. Mm. That's the same thing that happens with, with the birth of photography. It's protectionism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got all the oil painters. That take- They're looking at it going, holy shit, they made all that. And how many people were involved? 20. Yeah, yeah. 20. <laughs> what? Not 2,000. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No catering yeah. trucks. No, yeah. no, you know, Teamsters Union. That's right. Back in my they day. Sh- they shit themselves <laughs> and they tried to keep them out. They also tried to keep Lucas out, I think, for, for a mm. different cause. It, for, for Under a different guise. Mm. But I think the same sort of thing where they saw the writing on the wall. Lots of traditionalists were around in that time. Because you, you're talking about the tail end of the of the studios model mm. for families, mm. you know, famous families clinging to this mm. this industry. Around about the seventies, late seventies, early eighties, we started to see the corporates come in, mm-hmm. corporations come in, buy up these studios, and and there was a change of of crew. But early on, man, in those eighties, there was that was that was the turning point of the new coming in and the old holding on for grim life, you know, <laughs> for grim. They they didn't like the digital thing marching towards them. Yeah, and um, I don't know, and I suppose that trend has just continued with, like, the internet coming in and, you know, broad, um, broadcasting via digital means. Absolutely. Your, your own personal digital means. Like what we're doing here, rather than having to, you know, own factories and retail outlets across the globe to be able to do it. Yeah. You know, you we, can just do we it. We don't require any sponsorship. That's right. There's no moving parts. Yeah. Um, we're doing it from the comfort of our own studio mm-hmm. and we don't answer to anyone. That's right. We can choose love our this. own damn whiskey. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And we're not offending anybody by just drinking it. Yes, that's you know right. what I mean. We may offend many people by what we say, hopefully, um, but only in relation to <laughs> the world that is geek um, politics. You can well sometimes they might creep in. So that's probably the show. Um, or so you at can least see here we we probably got through one node on this little mind map thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. For now, and then that node starts to actually flush out into more and more information as we start to plug more stuff into it. That's right. It starts as a simple island, I guess, and then as we keep talking about new subjects and new, mm. and we we want to bring guests on, I guess too, which is another thing that's important to us. 
more and more information comes into it, we're going to plug it in and you'll find that the spider webs all interweave and connect and I reckon I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> what I'm really looking forward to is taking all the data mm. and plugging it into a 3D representation in <laughs> with with V-ray lighting and everything. You know what I mean? That we can sort of animate our way around it. And then finally, we would be where... Jurassic Park took us so many times ago. With all, you remember the node-based stuff that was going on in Jurassic Park on the computers? So you want to see like Smarlin's channel, but yeah, riding the Tron network Absolutely. that we're building here. Absolutely. All right, I'm on board. Cool, man. Well, that's it for us. We're going to uh, sign off. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be here every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, Australian Eastern Standard, seven seven o'clock ish. We'll give you plenty of heads up if we're not. And this is the sort of drivel that you can expect. Um, feel free to email us um, at at the moment we're voyageofthegeek at gmail.com and eventually we will be dan at voyageofthegeek.com and dave at voyageofthegeek.com. Um, and of course we're going to have a website we've got that in the in the works and currently you can go and leave stuff on Twitter and all the rest of it but yeah we'll, we'll sort of we'll, we'll bring all this social aspect to it as we learn to wrangle it as a couple of windswept and interesting elder, <laughs> elder gentlemen coming into the space but we want to reach the kids Dan that's right that's where they're at we're that's where it's at we want to uh, save them the misfortune of having to make all of our mistakes all over again by telling them some of the wisdom we've learned along the way and also sharing some cool shit that we come across in our day-to-day lives and feel free to let us know uh positives negatives uh subscribe thumbs up all those sorts of things and um and join us on the journey that is the voyage of the geek <laughs>